There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir. They have the car stopped in town at the branch, Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, 27 years of service. And with me today, retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? Pretty good. You know, this case, the Gonzalo Lopez case, the mm-hmm. escaped inmate from Texas, a, a guy serving two life sentences, we covered, we did seven previous shows on this. And it more or less had disappeared um, from our consciousness, and at least from the media. There was no new information on it. And, of course, there were some big stories that sort of pushed it to the back burner. The uh, active shooter in Buffalo and the active shooter in Evaldi, uh, Texas. But all of a sudden, it burst back on the scene. And last night, Phil and I were on the air doing a show on active shooting with Nassau County Police Commissioner. Patrick Ryder, and we sort of had an inclination that something was going on, you know, and um, I believe at about 7.30, there was information coming from Texas that in the area that Gonzalo Lopez had escaped, they had found five dead bodies in a house. And right away, it was being told that it was being attributed to Gonzalo Lopez. That took a while to come out. I don't know if the authorities um, put that out or was word of mouth from folks that lived in that area. I know that uh, my buddy Duty Ron was receiving calls from some of the residents there about this happening. And it is so horrendously tragic. And we're going to bring you why it's so horrendously tragic. Right from the beginning of this case, Gonzalo Lopez, a two-time facing two life sentences, traveling with 15 other inmates and an, on an incident unsecured bus to a medical appointment didn't make a hell of a lot of sense to us, you know, and then in the way that he escaped, just, it just seemed, we'll use that New York word again, fugazi, something did not seem right about his escape and also about the attempt to capture him. There was a police officer on the scene that didn't even run after him. I mean, we were just like, you know, shaking our head, grabbing our head. What the hell is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. How did a a lifetime serving inmate, two life sentences, escape from his leg shackles, have some cutting device, get out of his handcuffs, overtake the driver of the bus, stab the driver, and wind up driving the bus, then supposedly get shot at with a shotgun, and is seen running across the field in his white prison jumpsuit and gets away. And for three weeks, basically, we hear nothing about him. And in these cases, one of your biggest allies is, of course, the press, keeping that information out there, pumping that information out there, letting the public know, wait, you're still not safe. We don't know where this guy is. Or wait, we do know where he is. He's still in this area. And then we find out, and we're going to go to this later on, they knew that he was still in this area. They definitively knew. But yet they didn't go to the press and tell them, look, this guy's still in this area. And we're going to tell you later on how 
we know that to be true. And if that's true, that's that's not good. That's not good at all. Absolutely not, Billy. This seems like it's one of two things right from the start. Either it's a, a comedy of errors, and I don't think it's funny, but I'm using the term comedy of errors because so many things happened uh, that facilitated his escape. So either it was a conspiracy to help him escape, or it was just massive failure and errors all along the way. But then, Billy, you pointed out something that I think is very, very important. The media is our friend in this type of a situation. The media has got to pump out the information to be on the lookout, be aware. He went into this area where there appears to be a lot of hunting cabins. It's a wide open area. And I don't know that uh, there was enough done in that area to prevent this horrible tragedy from happening, that five people lost their lives. I think that uh, had there been you know, more of a push. And I don't want a Monday morning quarterback. It's a terrible thing to do in a situation where people died. But I just feel like this could have been prevented. This was obviously someone who was very, very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Like you said, facing two life terms, a, uh, a drug dealer involved in cartels and all these different things. And he's in that area. I don't know. Maybe there was, we're not in that area. So maybe there was a, a higher media presence about this situation, but I just feel like it could have been prevented. And again, you and I were both very suspicious at the beginning about the, the, the circumstances surrounding his escape. I still think that that needs to be looked at. And if there is somebody who facilitated help this uh, Gonzalo Lopez escape, they need to be brought to justice. And I'm sure that those investigations will probably be taking place, if not have already taken place. And I'm sure we're going to find out if there was someone that helped him. Loving life. Yes, it makes me sick that he was only a mile away from where he escaped off that bus. And now five people don't have their life. That is amazing to me. He's these five bodies of these people. And they're still there's some inaccuracies. It hasn't been confirmed. Some people are saying it's two adults and three children. And some people, some reports are saying it's one adult and four children. So that's not confirmed, nor has it been confirmed as to how they were killed. However, they are associating this with him. There's probably physical evidence. Uh, he obviously took their vehicle, which was a, uh, a Chevy Silverado pickup truck, white in color. He took that. So that also lends a lot of credence to the fact that uh, he was in that house, but we're getting other information that he was in an, another hunting cabin and they, they knew this a week ago and his DNA was found in that. So that we're finding out that his DNA was in this area. Why did they not warn the people? No, don't come back. Do not use your hunting cabins. Do not use your houses right now. He's still out there. This guy's really dangerous. They also say, which is baffling to me, I'm just finding about it. He was caught on deer cameras. They have hunting cameras out there to search for deer. And he was seen wearing camouflage. Again, definitive evidence that he's still there. Why don't you warn the residents? Either have a 9mm or, or an AR-15 with you at all times, or don't come back to this area till we capture this guy. I find this to be just unacceptable. I really do. Absolutely, Billy. And listen, those deer cameras, some of them work on motion, some of them a continuous uh, video. But either way, uh, things like that should have been uh, looked at. And and again, you brought out the point. If you, they, they should have had an area where they could 
put out to residents. If you own a lodge or a hunting cabin in this area, do not go there. Uh, notify the police, and they would probably do some type of searches along with the people that own them, maybe get the keys ahead of time and go into these locations. And I don't know, just it seemed like there was such a big push in the beginning with this. I mean, all the different uh, dogs, horses, that the helicopters, all the different search uh, techniques that they were using. And uh, I don't know, I feel like, I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback, but I feel like Phil, uh, this is horrendous. People were let down. You, you can't, yeah. you cannot take this on the chin. Antonio, why wasn't the DNA reported to the area? He was caught on the deer cam three times. Antonio, exactly. good question. I want to know that too. I want to know. I'm going to play now. Last night, um, Ashley Banfield um, went live based on information that she had, and she was pissed off to say the least. We love her. She, I do too. I think she's great. She has been in contact with the police there and saying, when are you going to come on TV and update this case? Oh, we don't have anything new to say. We don't have anything new to say. She was begging them. So let's play Ashley Benfield to see what she has to say here. And it, this says it all, really. I mean, it says it all. We're going to begin tonight with that breaking news that is just unfolding now, a terrifying update to a manhunt that is now three weeks old and has become deadly. The Texas Department of Public Safety says a convicted murderer who escaped from a prison bus on May 12th and has not been seen since may in fact be the responsible party for five new murders. News Nation's Brian Enton joins me live now uh, with the latest. And Brian, I'm hearing two adults and three children. Is that the, the, the body count? Yeah, Ashley, we just confirmed that literally within the last 30 seconds. I'm just going over the latest confirmed information. You know, folks, it's also been reported that it was one adult and four children in different, the New York Times, I think, reported it that way. Uh, so we don't have a real confirmation. Different news sources have been reporting different things. They also have not told us how they were killed. Was it gunshot? We don't we don't know how. So we got to keep following this and see if they give us an update. We have uh, it, it is a family, uh, two adults and three children found dead in uh, Leon County, Texas, which is right in the area where they've been searching for this inmate, uh, Gonzalo Lopez, for the last three weeks. Uh, according to the officials there, the latest we're learning is that they got a call from an individual who became concerned after not hearing from an elderly relative. Uh, they went out and investigated, and that is when they made this gruesome discovery, uh, the bodies of two adults and three children murdered, they believe connected, uh, to inmate Gonzalo Lopez. And this is important, Ashley. Right now, they are searching for him. They believe that he is in a white Chevy pickup truck. Um, and they just put out pictures of this pickup truck, which we will have for you shortly. But there you go. There it is right there. Um, so this this guy is as dangerous as they get. Uh, and he is on the run right now. Uh, and they believe he is connected to, to, to murdering this family, Ashley. So we're talking about uh, three children and two adults who are dead in this vicinity. And I recall back right around May 12th when we were covering this story, Brian, that the biggest concern was getting the word out there to people who live in that area, how deadly this man is and how desperate he was. He needed food. He needed money. He needed supplies. He needed wheels. And he would have killed anyone to get that because that man on your screen was convicted of using a pickaxe to kill his hostage and was serving a life sentence because of it. 
and in the ensuing capture of him, shot at a sheriff's deputy and garnered another life sentence for that as well. So that man is lethal and now expected to have killed five people since this escape, which I don't know about you, but I am very, very angry about this because we begged we begged the officers to come on television, not only to put his photo out, not only to get people aware of what he looks like to help catch him, but also to warn those people in that area, to warn them that this guy's out there. I mean, I, I just don't even know what else to say at this point, but if there are five dead people out there and they could have been warned, then this would be just a travesty of justice. Yeah, and let's not forget, Ashley, how all of this started. I mean, this was like right out of a movie. I was out there in Centerville, Texas, right after this guy escaped. He was on a prison transport bus, uh, managed to get out of his handcuffs. Initially, we were told he, he was shackled at the feet, too. That kind of came into question. But we know he, he somehow got out of his handcuffs uh, and went to the front. Folks, I just want to let everyone know, we know this. this was reported last night. The Texas police apparently... Uh, ran into him at about 10.30 in the evening, and it was in a place called Jordanton, Texas, which is approximately four hours, I believe, from where the incident occurred. And they threw down a spike strip, and the, I, it apparently blew out the tires. They got into a gunfight with him, and uh, they killed him. And that, that happened at about 10.30 p.m. Texas time last night, so it would have been 12.30 p.m. our time. So we are very aware that this video we're showing you right now is from last night, but this is breaking news for because it happened overnight for most people. And I wanted to show you um, Ashley Banfield and Brian Enton because they were the ones with this breaking story. Got it used some kind of weapon to get into the cage where the driver was and took over the bus. You see the picture there. He actually drove the bus uh, and crashed it and then took off. Uh, there was a gunfight. Um, they shot at him. Uh, there was a prison guard in the front of the bus, in the back of the bus, and he managed to get away. He is a known member of the Mexican mafia. Again, this guy, uh, according to law enforcement, is as dangerous as they come. We've all been wondering where he has been for the last three weeks since he escaped. They had this massive perimeter there in Centerville, Texas, which is about halfway between Dallas um, and Houston, and they had that perimeter up for days. I mean, they had about a thousand law enforcement officers from all over the state, and they could not find this guy. People were convinced that he made it to Mexico, that he was long gone. Well, guess what? Just within the last hour, we've learned he's not long gone. He's still right in that area, uh, and now he's accused uh, of murdering five people. Here's what else is maddening, uh, Brian, that it took this long to discover five dead people all within that five mile radius that they had narrowed the search down to. And I kept getting answers like nothing to update. We won't be talking to the media live tonight. Nothing to update night after night until we finally just gave up because we couldn't get the authorities to talk to us. And now those people are dead. I am absolutely livid about this. I have covered enough manhunts in my day to know that the most critical aspect is communicating to the people who A, can help you solve it and catch that guy, just like the white pair, right? Casey and Vicky White. They were spotted because someone saw them on television. And number two, to be careful for your own life if you live in that area. I mean, getting, and then they should have been going door to door and telling them there is a crazed killer on the loose needing help and needing your stuff and you're in the way. 
So I, you know, would you do us a huge favor? Stay on this story, collect what you can. I know there's a news conference uh, that's ongoing right now. We're trying to get uh, our live signals up to it. It's right in the middle of, you know, between Dallas and Houston. So it's a bit rural and it's hard to get a live signal, uh, you know, on command. But as soon as you hear, uh, Brian, can you give us whatever information you gather? And I understand you're also on your way there. So you'll be live uh, there tomorrow as well. Thanks, Brian. You got it. Thanks, Ashley. Wow. So pretty damn wow. shocking, you know. Wow. Antonio, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. Thoughts and prayers. It's tragic. Thanks to law enforcement. He will never hurt anyone else again. Thanks, Bill and Phil, for having PC Ryder on the show. Thanks, PC Pat. Thank you, uh, Antonio. That's very generous of you. Uh, folks, It's this, this is baffling because we did uh, cover this from the beginning. Also, Willis uh, Perez, thank you so much for the 999 super chat. Thank Mind you. blown. This is hard to believe that this occurred. And one of the things I just want to reiterate is that they had all these thousands of law enforcement officers in like a five-mile radius. And Gonzalo Lopez, I guess, had the, the, the intelligence to know if it's, that's the correct word, to hide out. So he must have been going from cottage to cottage or empty home to empty home and spending a day or two there and being very cognizant because they had said, the authorities said they had the, the house that the five bodies were covered, that they had been there numerous times before doing a search. Because obviously when they search a location, they mark it down that they've been here, what date, what time, negative results. So they had been there before. And we're understanding what was reported was the people the family members of these five individuals, and we still don't have the correct breakdown. They called and because they hear from their kids, you know, kids got phones, they hear from, and they didn't hear from them. So they called the police in that morning. And from what we understand, they didn't go out there right away. So they didn't discover them for hours and hours later. This whole case is just, it's, it's hard to believe, Phil. Bill, I am just so infuriated watching that Ashley Banfield uh, piece that you put up. It's it's just infuriating, but I'm going to make a point about something. When you see him running across that field, had one of those correction officers took aim and put a bullet in his back, which would have been completely within the guidelines of the law, you would have had bleeding hot liberals that say, oh, they, they slaughtered an inmate. Blah, blah. This was not someone that should have been allowed freedom. Okay, he was a two-time life sentence, convicted murderer. He wound up killing five people, and I would have been only too happy if they had put a bullet in his back and prevented the death of those five people. Uh, I just wish there would have been more media coverage on this, uh, more of a, of a push to, to put his picture out there and to put everybody on guard and be on the lookout. And perhaps these five people, we don't even know the breakdown yet, would still be alive. This was a scumbag that you trust the criminal justice system when you have someone as criminal minded as this person gets put behind bars, gets sentenced, get convicted. You think that's it. However, they were transporting this guy to some doctor's appointment or whatever it was with a very lax security system in place. I don't know if there was a conspiracy to help this guy escape, but if it wasn't, it was very lax and somebody as high profile as him should not have been allowed to be on that bus transported in such a lax condition that allowed him to escape and kill five of our American citizens. This is disgusting. It's sickening. And I'm just outraged. And I'm right with Ashley Banfield. And I'm right with you, Bill. This is unacceptable. Infamous truth teller. The reason why there's that saying that they say don't mess with Texas, it's the civilians, not that janky police work and whomever incompetence occurred to allow this craziness 
to happen. It's it's not uh, it's not a good look at all. It's it's just you know first of all when you think about he was at large for almost three weeks. So that means in this five mile square area he was able to move around almost like you know a guy like Rambo living in the woods except probably going into different unoccupied cabins. We don't know. Did, was he in that cabin and did this family come to their cabin for a weekend? Is that what happened? Or were they were they in the cabin and he broke into it? We need to know all of these things. Uh, they're also withholding how they were killed. I think all of these things eventually have to get out and it will get out. But it's it's important because... You know, they weren't that one of the reasons I, you know, I hate to put it this way. One of the reasons this thing happened is because they weren't transparent. They did not utilize the press to try to capture this guy. I don't know where that attitude came from. The press in a manhunt is your best ally. They get his picture out there. They get the information. Look, the public should have never been coming back to that area. And if they knew a week ago his DNA was found in a cabin in that area, and then he was caught on deer cameras. Why were they letting people come back to their cabins? There should have been an announcement over national television. Do not come back to the area yet. We believe, and you don't have to tell on the air because the perpetrator could be listening. We believe he's still in the area. So please stay out till we capture this guy. Billy, you and I both, in all the shows that we did on this, we were stressing how dangerous he was, what an individual this person was with two life sentences, a convicted murderer. And we were putting that out there. We were doing our due diligence. And I'm not trying to throw flowers at us, but we felt that there was a, a severe threat to the community at large. They had this area they seemed to be concentrating on, a five-mile square area that he apparently was in and still in. And there was talk about him getting back to Mexico and stuff. But they were concentrated in this area. Now, how do, did these people not get the information, uh, you know, not to go into the area? And we're going to find out the details of that. But a lot of these hunting lodges will, you know, people, uh, I have family members that have one in upstate New York, and they do keep food in there. They do keep hunting rifles in there, but they're in a lock safe that's cemented into the ground. It's very, very secure. And that's the, the position you have to take when, when you're going to leave uh, firearms unattended. They have to be locked up. And, and had that been the case, maybe he wouldn't have been able to get a hold of firearms because I know when he was captured, he was uh, in possession of two firearms. So, again, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback now, but this should this could have been prevented. The death of these five people definitely could have been prevented. Phil Leo, just think of that law enforcement officer standing there with no effing gun belt on as Lopez bounded away as Melanie Tipperman told him he's heading into the woods, revolting and inexcusable. I, I you know, I can't, uh, I don't know what he was doing. I have no, con you know, when you think like what has occurred now, that five innocent people were murdered by a state prison inmate that didn't belong outside the yard. You know, maybe for now on, bring the doctor to the inmate, not the inmate to the doctor. You know, I think it's a little crazy. Let me play a little bit more Ashley Banfield. She has some really good information here. For security purposes, she is a resident in this exact vicinity, right where Gonzalo Lopez escaped and right where that manhunt began and right where that manhunt was narrowed. Melanie, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Melanie, can you tell me what you know about what's happening in your neighborhood right now? Um, they 
um, reached out to us. Uh, we got to know some of the TDCJ workers, and one of them had reached out to me saying he was coming back to the area. They were calling everyone back in because they had just received um, confirmed DNA um, in one of the homes that he had broke into. Folks, did you hear that? They had found confirmed DNA in one of the homes that he had broken into. Why are we hearing this the day after he shot dead? Shouldn't we have heard this the week that they found it so that the residents could have been warned? He's still in the area. Exactly, Billy, exactly. For supplies and that that was proof that he was still in our area. Um, And then the next thing I know, I get a call from um, a neighbor and friend who told me that she had just found out that five people were murdered in a house that's only a couple of miles from from where I live. Um, that is just chilling. Melanie, it, it, and can you give me a, a, an approximation of how far that murder scene is, that house, from the, the place where the bus crashed and where Gonzalo Lopez escaped? Um, it's probably maybe a mile, if that. It's not, it's not too far at all. So, folks... He's a mile away from where the initial escape took place. A mile. If that doesn't give you pause and give everyone involved in this case, like, so he hasn't, he hasn't gone for. I mean, all of us would Monday morning quarterback and say, oh, nah, he's in, he's in Mexico. How many of us said that? Oh, he fled. Did you, I was saying he fled the jurisdiction. Here he is three weeks later, still in that five mile radius. And when they were reporting that, we didn't know. Uh, if they had any information, we were all doubting that, oh, that couldn't be, that couldn't be. But they weren't telling us specific information that they had. And I could see if it was DNA, then I could see them not saying it because then he would, uh, the perpetrator would know. But the other thing is being caught, and uh, we're going to hear later on that he was seen on deer cameras. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, but I also so is it is it thought, they, Melanie, that these murders happened right away? I mean, what is the time reference on when these this family may have been killed? Well, the family, um, it was a weekend home. There's a lot of weekend homes and like deer camps here. Um, and that was a weekend home. And they had evidently just come up for the weekend. Um, so it, it happened. We happened to know some mutual friends that know them very well, that said that they only went missing a couple of days ago. So this is all within the last few days that this family um, may have been murdered. Uh, Melanie, you live right in this area, right in this five-mile perimeter where they said they had narrowed the search for Gonzalo Lopez after he stabbed the prison bus driver in the chest, fought with them, and took took the prison bus. I I don't know if you heard my conversation with Brian Enton and, and Dan Abrams earlier, but we begged and begged the local authorities to come on television to spread the word that there's a, a lethal, deadly man on the run uh, and a deadly manhunt because this guy uh, would kill anything in his path to stay, you know, to stay free. D- did you did you get notification? Did anybody knock on your door and say, be careful, bar your door, maybe don't even stay here? Well, you know, when it first started, they they had um, blocked Highway 7 where it was hard to even drive down the road to get home. 
um, and they had guards, you know, every hundred feet. And, you know, as each day went by, there was less people, you know, standing guard and keeping the barriers secure. Um, And then next thing you know, um, they disappear completely. They have said they were going to relocate the headquarters for the um, for the search area and he could possibly be anywhere in Texas. Um, I would say, even including myself, began to believe that this man had left Leon County and that he was somewhere else in Texas, if not Mexico by now. And they were not letting, there were no more briefings, not only for y'all, but no one, no law enforcement were really giving us any details as to any updates regarding the search whatsoever. We all began to let our guards down. All of us. You know, Phil, I think that briefings by uh, law enforcement through the press, even if they don't have any new information, it's important to do to keep the public at ease, to advise the public if you have anything or nothing. It's still we're still on it. We still believe he's in the area. But you have to do that to just go silent is is inexcusable. Extremely important, Bill, especially when you have someone, an escape prisoner, as highly dangerous as this uh, individual was, uh, keeping it, even though, like you said, maybe you don't have any update that's going to be new from the update from yesterday, but keeping it alive, keeping it in the media, keeping it in the minds of people, spreading the word. Maybe someone that heard about it could have said to those people, hey, you're going into that area where your cabin is. Do you know that there's an escape prisoner? Maybe they didn't know. Not everybody's plugged into social media or to the media in general. So again, that's uh, very, very, very important. But there's one comment I want to uh, in the in the chat. I want to talk about. It says, uh, "Stars above." It says, "The police are making themselves seem very sloppy." First, Uvalde. Now, this escape convict. I agree. Uh, there is some sloppy police work going on here. However, there are many heroes in in all of these stories. Uh, sometimes one person makes a decision that affects the whole. Uh, situation at hand and everybody has to take the hit for it. But there's a lot of good police in this country. Sometimes there's uh, a person that makes a bad decision. And again, we don't know who's making the calls on this particular case that there wasn't a bigger media push, but let's give some props to law enforcement without law enforcement. Where we would, where would we be in this country? And again, they were able to terminate this guy. They captured him. They, they killed him and he's gone. Unfortunately, it was after the five people were killed, but uh, there's still plenty of good law enforcement and, and just let's, let's not uh, lose sight of that fact. The TDCJ was asked if it failed the victims. Clark said they would conduct a serious incident review to determine how exactly this escape took place. This is horses out of the barn stuff. Milwaukee civilian, you give some uh, good insight. And, good comment. Uh, I happen to agree with you. You're right. This, uh, you can't close the barn doors after the horses have escaped, right? But you exactly. can review what you, 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 what you did on the case so that you don't make the same mistakes uh, the next time. But it, yeah, we, it seems to be that there are so many things that have gone wrong with this case that it, it, it's hard to keep track of all of them. Melanie, you gave me chills by saying that, that you let your guard down because the police didn't, you know, pass on the information to you that you needed to be vigilant, that you needed to be careful, that you needed to understand he was out there somewhere. Um, can you tell me about this report that he may have been spotted on deer cams in your particular area? Yeah, he, um, I believe they said he was wearing camouflage. 
um, you know, we have a, we have a pool and we've been out in the backyard swimming and it, it literally terrifies me to know that that man could have been standing in my backyard in the woods, camouflaged, and I would never even know it. Um, even these guards that are here driving up and down the road, the few that are here, you know, they would have probably never even noticed him. He's, he's got camouflage on. He's blending in with his surroundings. But what about those thousands of officers that... Phil, don't you think that if he was spotted on deer cams, that should have been reported to the authorities and in turn, the authorities... 100%, Billy, 100%. How that wasn't put out there that, listen, we know he's in the area. He's been spotted. That's a, that's, that's a big mistake. That's a booboo. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that would have saved people's lives by uh, having them, you know, something. Maybe we should not come to this area because uh, he's still around. We're looking yeah. for a canine in the horse units and the uh, the heat-seeking uh, devices that were flying on drones. Are, have you seen any evidence of that? I mean, we saw the pictures when it happened three weeks ago. Yeah. Has there been any evidence like that? Because he's still out there. Yeah, TDCJ, um, they... No, I've not seen TDCJ hardly at all. There have been a few random vehicles driving up and down the roads, but um, as far as the barriers, checking vehicles as they go in and out, making sure that he's not, you know, he has not left the area. Um, my first thought was when they said they were not going to be giving any more briefings and they were um, expanding the search. My first thought was, well, what evidence do you have to go on, you know, that proves that he's not here? You know, what proof do you have to give me reassurance that my kid can stay by himself at home or that I, you know, that I don't have to keep carrying my weapon in and out of the house? Um, you know, you, you've left it up to me to make the decision based on what? Because they weren't giving us Based on no information. This is what makes me so frustrated because I'm telling you, Melanie, we tried. We tried to get the message out on national television in case he ended up in border states as well. We tried and we could not get the authorities to come on camera and update the search and continue getting the message out. And now what you're telling me is it was left up to you and your own safety with zero knowledge. And who knows if this family, as you said, it was a weekend home. Who knows if this family was ever notified that there is a deadly right. escaped inmate who has not been found and will. That's an amazing point, right? Did that family that came to their weekend house, that came to their hunting house, whatever you want to call it, were they apprised of the fact that this guy potentially could have still been out there? Were they, would they have, knowing this, would they have still come to the house? I mean, this is so painful that an innocent family was slaughtered by this savage who was, you know, s serving. The government has to protect the citizenry much better than that. They have to do a much, much better job. Billy, there should have been roadblocks in the area, handing out flyers. If you go to a location and search it, you're going to write it down this area of search, maybe do a back, you know, double and triple search, and maybe leave notes on the door or inside the location that there's an escape fugitive in the area. I mean, there could have been better notification systems. And, you know, in the NYPD, we always had a working relationship with the media. And I can understand and I can sympathize with uh, a law enforcement agency not being sympathetic towards the media. A lot of times they get in the 
way of things and they're, you know, getting pushy and stuff like that, especially in a homicide investigation. But you have to maintain a relationship with them for cases like this where you need to get the word out. That's very, very vital in law enforcement uh, and police work in general. So I don't know if there was a breakdown in communication with the media, but Ashley Banfield is saying we tried numerous times to get them on camera on a daily basis to update, even if there was nothing to update, just to say, yes, search continues in this area. That would have been something that maybe might've gotten to the right people that could have prevented this horrible, Absolutely. horrible tragedy. Kalina Mitova, how do they know that the person on the deer cam is him? Maybe somebody else, Hunter, perhaps something like this was never confirmed from the authorities. That, that is a random woman saying it. Kalina Matova, it was confirmed that the DNA was his and they never reported it. So how are we to expect that when he's seen on the deer camera, they're going to confirm that it's him? Look, in the um, the, the the case with the inmate, um, the six foot nine inmate, what's his name again? West, Casey, White. Right? Casey White. Casey White. Casey White. He was seen on that um, that camera in the car wash, and everyone was saying, "Oh, how do we know? That? What do you mean? Do you know it's him? It's him! Look at him! Even to the tattoos." Yeah, you might not get as great a picture or great as an idea on a deer camera, but it's it's pretty good evidence. If you can see his picture, you can see what his body looks like, how he moves, that type of thing. It's pretty good confirmation. And even if it's not 100% confirmed, we may have him on this camera. Right. That's that's, that's what should have been reported. There was a figure on uh, – if, if they can't confirm it's him, I mean, listen – I think they had a pretty good idea of what he looked like, obviously. And they probably could have said, listen, we feel it could be him. Uh, we're, we're not hundred percent sure. Put that out there, no, notify the people. And then if it turns out that it's a hunter, I want to err on the side of caution, especially when you're talking about somebody as dangerous as this scumbag that he should rot and burn in hell. This is part of the, uh, the press conference that they did last night. And uh, all, I found it a little underwhelming tonight with some tragic news five individuals were murdered in a residence not far from this location while investigators were inside while investigating uh, some leads that uh, were inside the search perimeter law enforcement agencies received a call from a concerned individual who had not heard from their relatives uh, today at approximately 6 p.m., law enforcement officers responded to a residence on Highway 7 and discovered five bodies inside the residence, two adults and three children. Missing from the residence is a 1999 white Chevy Silverado, license plate number DPV4520. And we do believe at this time that the prime suspect is Gonzalo Lopez. Lopez may be driving this vehicle, and so we asked the public to be on the lookout. Again, it's a white 1999 single cab silver or white um, Silverado that has damage on the driver's side. And it's also believed that Lopez may be armed. So should you see this vehicle, we ask that you call local law enforcement. Please know that this remains a very active uh, investigation. In fact, the crime scene is still uh, being processed at this time by both Leon County and DPS. But please know that we will not rest until Gonzalo Lopez is in custody.
a massive manhunt is underway by local state. I find that a little bit underwhelming because five people just got murdered. So you were resting because they got murdered. You know, we will not rest. How many more people have to get murdered? You know, it's just like, I, I don't know. The, the message going out during this case, I think, was uh, was very poorly done also. Uh, the guy, the, the minister of misinformation, we were calling him, the, the other guy who they have since taking off giving the information. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you like this podcast, Real Crime Stories from a Police Perspective, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube, our YouTube family with five different uh, levels. And you see some of the folks in the chat with the green font. They're part of the Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. And we really appreciate them. Yeah, I am baffled with a lot of the things that ha have occurred in this case. It just doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, Phil. Absolutely, Billy. And again, they're doing that press conference in front of like some drive-thru. I thought he was going to get hit by the car that was passing through the drive-thru. The minister of, of uh, misinformation was doing them in front of a Dairy Queen. I mean, couldn't they get a better location to do their press conferences? I don't know. The whole thing just, I don't want to knock anybody or Monday morning quarterback, but I mean, your messaging is so important. You're going on national TV, so to speak. And you know, it could have been done a little bit more professionally. And listen, they should have stayed on this. They should have been in touch with media outlets every single minute of every day, putting the word out. I mean, five people were killed. Come on. This is this is just unnecessary. And I, I don't know. Uh, it's just very, very upsetting, the whole thing. And, and we have enough things going on in the country and something like this that could have been uh, prevented. Bill Kill in order to maintain his freedom. Uh, did they post anything on anyone's doors? Did they notify your neighbors like about security measures at any time in this entire manhunt? No, um, I even asked them, you know, are they searching all of the, the empty deer camps and the weekend homes? Are they going in there? You know, folks, it's so important. And we say this cliche all the time. If you see something, say something. Never take for granted that the police know something that you know. Let them know. Call them up. Bring it to them. And if they're not impressed with it, go to the next level of, of boss and bring it to their boss. Because I think there was some really good information that the public knew that maybe the police didn't know. And it, instead of it being disseminated, people were telling them, they were like, ah, you know, they weren't taking it all that seriously, it seems. Yeah, you know, the fact that everybody had him in Mexico, maybe that was a component of why there was a lax response to the whole thing. But uh, for them to be, keep searching in that area, they obviously knew something. And I think a better uh, communication with the media into the community could have been done and, and may have prevented it. I don't know. Because um, nobody's, you know, it could go weeks or months before anybody's in those places. You know, um, it's it was very easy for him to find a place, you know, that there wasn't someone living in for him to hide out and do that, which obviously is what he did. But I'm I'm angry. I'm I am angry at TDCJ for leaving us vulnerable and their negligence for allowing this man to escape. I think there's a lot of anger that should go around because he was able to escape with a, a prison bus that was not only caged in the middle 
and had a guard in the back with a long arm and a driver who was armed with a sidearm. Uh, and this guy is able to get on that bus with a shank, get out of his cuffs somehow, cut a hole in the divider in the front, climb into the driver's compartment, stab that driver in the chest with the shank, and then cause a full-on fight outside of the bus when the driver was able to get you know out of the bus. The back doors opened up. You can see them open in that picture where the back guard was stationed, and he came out with his long arm, wasn't able to shoot because they were rolling around on the ground, but thought to shoot out the tires of the bus at least, so that even if Gonzalo Lopez got control of that bus. He wasn't going to get far. And there's the result right there. He didn't get far. So that was a great decision on his part. But how on earth did Gonzalo Lopez get back in that bus without being shot at by both of those guys? You know, by both of them. They were both armed. Now, mind you, the driver at this point has been stabbed in the in the chest. Melanie, quick question for you. I'm also hearing reports that other homes have been broken into in your area. What do you know about that? Um, I heard he had been in a few other homes. They're just now discovering. Um, like I said, they're probably just now finding it out because these weekenders are coming up and just now finding it. Um, so I don't know. I don't right now. I mean, he could be anywhere. I heard he was on the next County road. I got somebody texting a while ago and said he was on the next County road, which is the next road right next to us. You know, folks, there's no doubt that he was moving from house to house. And that was his strategy. And look, he avoided capture for three weeks. So whatever he was doing was working. I mean, when you have a thousand people, horses, helicopters, dogs, and they can't find this guy, he was obviously doing something right. But the longer he was out there, the more dangerous he was. And that's why I said... these people were trying to give the police information. Look, when we had a major case in New York City, a homicide, any case, we wanted to talk to as many people as possible. If someone had information, we absolutely come in here. We'll, we'll interview you. Yeah. We'll, and we'll memorialize what you say on what's known as a DD5, which is a complaint follow-up. But we want to talk to as many people as possible. Phil? Absolutely. And listen, the fact that there's other break-ins in the area, I'm sure they were reported to the police and those uh, that information should have been reported through the media to the community to say that this guy, we believe that he's responsible for these break-ins. We believe he's still in the area, be on the lookout. And it doesn't seem like that was done. Um, again, I'm not one to start knocking other law enforcement officers, but uh, whoever was calling the shots on this, I think they made some uh, some real errors in, in judgment here. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's living in total fear. And for three weeks to live in fight and flight mode is, is, is stressful. It's, Melanie, it's, even at this early stage, just within the last you know, few hours, we're learning about these five uh, victims, this family of, of victims, two adults and three kids murdered in that home, not far from where your home is, is there a plan of safety for you? Have the authorities rounded up you and all the neighbors who live in this community and told you what to do next and how to secure yourself and make sure your families are safe? Um, The only notice that we've really gotten is to look out for the vehicle um, and keep our doors locked. 
You know, I'm just very thankful that we have gun rights where I'm not locked in this home without a way to protect myself. Um, and hopefully, you know, I would say most of the people that live out here, you know, do have ways of protecting themselves. They, they do have guns, you know, most of them are hunters, but, um, I, I can't imagine having to be locked up in my home without any way to protect myself if he were to try to enter. Folks, one of the things that you know, a lot of people in the chat are asking, where did he get these weapons? We believe he got these weapons from the family that he killed. We still don't know. Was he in that home before they got there? Was he camped out there? And then, then did they show up to go spend some time in their weekend home, in their vacation home, in their hunting home? And it, potentially we believe that the guns were taken from them. However, we still don't know at this point um, how they were killed. We're just being told that he's the number one suspect in this. And folks, uh, this the live video that we're playing, this was live video from last night. This broke uh, at about 7 p.m. Uh, it started to break 7 p.m. New York time, Eastern Standard Time, where someone contacted uh, Duty Ron, I believe, and told him that um, five bodies had been discovered in a home not far from where Gonzalo Lopez had escaped. So that's where the case started uh, picking up steam. From there, they found out that um, he had stolen that white uh, Silverado pickup truck. He fled uh, several hours away, four hours away, where he was spotted by police. From what I have from the New York Times, uh, a place called Jordanton, uh, which is south of San Antonio, uh, two mile, 200 miles southwest of the area where Lopez had escaped from. So, so he could have gotten the guns in any one of those homes that he broke into. If, uh, you know, he's roaming around that area. Sometimes, uh, like I said, people leave their uh, firearms and, and supplies. They leave them, you know, they're coming up there every weekend or every other weekend, whatever it is. So he could have gotten those guns. And it sounds like uh, maybe he ambushed those people and then took their vehicle because most people aren't going to leave a vehicle with keys at a location because they travel up and they take the vehicle when they leave. So sounds like maybe he ambushed them. I, I, we're going to find out the details, I'm sure. But uh, either way, it's just a horrific, horrific thing. And and you have no idea. Do you know the people who were killed? Do you know that family that, that is in the neighborhood in that weekend home? I don't personally know them. I, we have mutual friends. What do you know about them? Um, I, I know the, the dad, the, one of the adults that was killed was an elderly man. Um, and the place is beautiful. It has this huge, beautiful lake, one of the prettiest places in Leon County. And they do a lot of fishing. Um, and it's just a real peaceful place here. This is not something we're used to dealing with or having to live this way. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're never, you're not prepared for something like this. And that family came up thinking they were going to enjoy a nice peaceful weekend, probably fishing in that beautiful lake of theirs. And I don't know if he was there waiting that speculation, but God only knows what they went through. Melanie, um, I just, I, I, I can't imagine for a moment 
that that picture on our screen of that inmate wasn't plastered over the doors of every home in that area to warn people that this is out there. Maybe this isn't the best place to spend the weekend. Certainly not the best place to bring children right now. There is a deadly escaped inmate who is on the prowl and needs supplies. And right now, the only people who can supply him are innocent victims. Um, do you have any idea if this was an elderly couple with grandchildren? Yes, um, that's what, yeah, yeah. What have you heard? That's all I know is that they they were elderly and um, I don't know how old the kids were, if they were teenagers, but I, I'm just. Melanie, do you know if they were, do you know if the parents are have been notified? Do you know where the parents live? We didn't speak to some family members, but they, they weren't even really notified. All they knew is that they didn't, they couldn't get a hold of them. You spoke to some of the family members? Yes. And they were we trying to get, get a, a hold. hold? We gave, we, um, we helped them get in contact with the, with the local law enforcement to try to get more information because they didn't even know. Was it the parents that you spoke with? Um, I believe it was um, it, the older man was his father and those were his nephews. And they reached out to you. They had not been notified by the authorities of this. No, not at that point in time, no. It was you who got the authorities to go and check that home because there was a concern no, the family hadn't heard from them? I think there was another family member or something that had asked, had gotten a hold of some local law enforcement to say, hey, we haven't heard from them in a while. Can you go check on them? Because I think they may have been from like Houston or something, but one of the other family members is what who we got a hold of that had not heard back from them and when we talked to them they were very upset and um they didn't know who to contact and so we put them in contact with some of our local law enforcement friends that we know to try to help them out and find out get the information melanie what are you going to do with your family where are you going to stay are you going to stay in your home and if so how how are you going to stay safe um, we are going to stay here. Um, luckily we have dogs that will probably alert us if, um, something strange is going on outside. Um, well, folks, that was prior to them, uh, shooting Gonzalo Lopez dead, which occurred at about 1030 PM last night, Texas time, which would be 1230, uh, 12.30 a.m. Uh, New York Eastern Standard Time. So this was all before he was shot dead. I mean, obviously, that is the best possible outcome that could have happened to this guy is that uh, he was tried by uh, by bullets, you know, and that's what he deserved, you know. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. He didn't deserve a trial. He didn't deserve anything, you know. Um, Rocky Canine Cabin was a vacation house. Lopez was nearby, discovered this house, hang out there, and didn't expect someone to come or watch who came. 
vulnerable kids and old person broke and entered, got their their SUV. Yeah, I mean, Rocky, I, I don't know if you have that, if that's confirmed, but that's what I was uh, assuming or uh, thinking happened. But I haven't seen that. That was what hasn't been confirmed. We're still not getting a lot of information post facto here. I think now they can tell us the information because it's not going to hurt any investigation or anything, but they're still very tight-lipped with the information they're giving out, even at that lame press conference. I mean, that, that's there was two of them, and, and one of them was was even worse than the other. And he had, like, at some point, he had thanked, like, law enforcement for, dude, five people just got murdered. It's yeah. not a time to thank them, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a time to just, okay, it's over. Report, report the facts and 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 the pats on the backs can wait for another time because that's uh, that's not proper in this situation. But Bill, no, I mean, it. Bill, come on, you can't you can't spike the football in this situation no, because no, five no innocent people were murdered, and it's not time to say, "Oh, great job!" No, no, because they expect you to do a great job before the five people were killed. Now you could just, you know, it, it just it just doesn't make any sense. Billy, let me make a quick comment for this. Uh, Ro Rosie Four Rivets says in the chat, grandfather, one high school graduate, and three children all in the same school district in Houston. That sounds pretty consistent from what that person that lives in the area that was saying on Ashley Banfield. That not confirmed, obviously, but a grandfather, one high school graduate, and then three children. Horrible, horrible. That seems like that could be the most likely scenario, though escaped inmate is over we're learning this dangerous criminal possibly murdered a family of five while on the run the texas department of criminal justice tweeting this photo of gonzalo lopez and the word deceased they say police killed lopez in a shootout 30 miles south of san antonio texas and just hours earlier they said he is suspected of killing one adult and four children news nation's iliana diaz live with the dramatic end to this search iliana Adrian Lopez killed a family of five from Houston who had just arrived to what police believe is their weekend home. Lopez then stole their car and was chased down by police. He was eventually shot and killed in a shootout with officers. Overnight, the massive manhunt for convicted murderer, 46-year-old Gonzalo Lopez, coming to an end. I have relief uh, that Lopez will not be able to hurt anyone else. Police killed Lopez during a shootout late Thursday night after the car he stole was stopped by a spike strip. Just hours before, police found a Houston family dead in their weekend home after a relative called police concerned about their whereabouts. Police say Lopez killed an adult and four children at their home before stealing their truck. Lopez uh, is obviously a killer. He has a disregard for human life. The victim's home is about a mile from where Lopez was last seen three weeks ago when he escaped a prison bus and went missing. A neighbor in the area spoke to Ashley Banfield on News Nation last night and said this never should have happened. It was very easy for him to find a place, you know, that there wasn't someone living in for him to hide out and do that, which obviously is what he did. But I'm I'm angry. I'm I am angry at TDCJ for leaving us vulnerable and their negligence for allowing this man to escape. 
Lopez led police on the largest manhunt they've had in the history of Texas. Lopez disappeared near Centerville, Texas on May 12th after stabbing the driver of his prison bus, then managing to get out of his handcuffs and the metal cage he was in. He was killed about 35 miles south of San Antonio. Lopez was a convicted murderer with a life sentence for capital murder and aggravated assault and another life sentence for attempted capital murder. He also had a connection to the Mexican mafia. So, uh, you know, that tells the last part of the story of how he was uh, shot down by the police. Dangerous, dangerous guy. But to think that, you know, he sort of almost lived underground for three weeks, going back and forth. Folks in the chat were asking, oh, how did the dogs not catch his scent and search him out? Uh, you know, I don't know enough about dogs to uh, to say why, but he was in that five-mile circumference of where they had predicted he was but then they even abandoned that uh, of late saying oh we think he left we're expanding the perimeter they reopened the highway and uh i think they they were doubting that he was still around too sounds like it billy but uh i don't know just uh it, it's so disheartening the whole situation um you know there's people in the chat saying a lot of different things uh somebody uh disagreed with the fact that you said you know he got justice by bullets um i agree with you bill nothing uh you know they're, they're talking about maybe information could have been garnered from him about his escape the investigation is going to continue into that uh i think that uh, nothing better he can't hurt nobody else once he's dead. And, and I don't think anything better could have happened to this low life that, that killed these five innocent people. Just uh, devastating, totally devastating. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've seen this Phil, so we know that uh, th that's the best justice this guy could have ever gotten. Phil, let's take a little quick commercial break here. Sure. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he's also a retired 15-year member of the NYPD. He literally knows both sides of defense. His website is jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com. Looking for a vacation oasis? The Comfort in Oceanside in sunny Deerfield Beach, Florida has you covered. Take a dip in the outdoor heated pool with a water slide for the kids. Have a cocktail poolside or relax in the Oasis Courtyard Lounge. Just a short walk to the best restaurants and the Deerfield Beach International Fishing Pier. Soak up the sun, swim in the pristine blue ocean or stroll along the famous beach. Maybe enjoy a sunset from a beachside restaurant. Guests enjoy a complimentary breakfast and fresh brewed coffee 24-7. If you mention police off the cuff at booking, you'll receive a 20% discount. That's right, a 20% discount. So book your stay today by calling 954-428-0650. You, know, you know, folks, we had uh, covered this story uh, pretty much right from the beginning, and uh, there's a lot of baffling things about it, things that we didn't uh, understand. Uh, the whole escape, we just didn't get it. We, I don't know. If correctional officers are uh, that lax in transporting prisoners that are this dangerous. I think we're all in danger across this country. Uh, and then when we saw this, you know, two-time lifer running across the field, and then we see a police officer not wearing a gun belt, <laughs> doesn't even give chase uh, to this desperado, I'm going to call him, 
I, it gets me scratching my head a little bit. I'm just wondering what the hell is going on here. You know, Billy, in the statement that was put out by law enforcement regarding this whole situation, they did say that the investigation into how he escaped is continuing. And, you know, um, it's either, like we said, we feel suspicious that it could have been a conspiracy to help him escape. But, you know, also there's another side of it. Maybe uh, we don't know how seriously that driver of that vehicle was injured. And maybe his partner was administering first aid. And then the officer that shows up on the scene without the gun belt doesn't, uh, his view could have been restricted uh, as uh, Gonzalo Lopez is running into the field. So again, we don't know the inner workings of what actually took place. We're not privy to the uh, case folder, the investigation, so to speak. So, um, but I just feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions here. And these are the things that we talked about right from the beginning that we'd be interviewing every one of those prisoners in a, in a very uh, confidential way. Uh, so as if they did pass on information regarding the uh, escape, if there was a plot to help him that, you know, they would be kept safe and confidential to the investigation. You know, they got to go back into prison. They don't want to be uh, at risk. So those are some of the things we talked about. Uh, and if there was no conspiracy, if nobody helped him, then obviously policy changes must take place. There was no follow car. There should have been a lead car and a follow car in a situation like this. You have 15 uh, uh, prisoners being transported. One, I don't know what the other ones were like, but this guy was very, very high risk. Uh, two life sentences, nothing to lose, ties to... Uh, the Mexican mafia, mafia, on and on we go. Uh, he was convicted of killing somebody with a pickaxe. He fired at officers when he was arrested. There's just so many details here that there should have been better safety protocols in place. And maybe there was, they weren't followed specifically for a reason. I don't know. But if there, there was not a conspiracy, there definitely needs to be many, many changes with regard to transporting prisoners to and from hospital uh, appointments or doctor appointments or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And, you know, it, it was baffling to me. Uh, and again, my uh, background is not fugitive enforcement. It's not hunting down criminals, although I've done it before, but it wasn't my my uh, expertise. But them thinking and saying that he's, we still believe he's in that five-mile area turned out to be true. And I think uh, in the last week or two weeks, they sort of pulled back from that and they thought that he had gotten out of that uh, five mile circumference and they sort of relaxed the standards. Oh, you can come back to your homes now. So I want to know, really, I would like to know as part of the investigation, what made them say that and what made them do that when now we're hearing information that they had his DNA in another cottage that indicated about a week ago, he was still around, you know, uh, Duty Ron, thank you so much. Duty Ron, hello, gentlemen. Thank you for your expert coverage. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for breaking the story last thank night. You, Duty Ron. We're sort of picking up some of the pieces of it. Um, you know, I want to, um, yeah, it's so many things wrong here. It's, you know, I want to just go touch upon this case, of course, in the Uvalde, Texas thing. Us in law enforcement, we, we believe me when I say this, we hate to criticize other people in law enforcement because it's a brotherhood and we know that mistakes can be made and under extreme pressure mistakes are are always made i'll put it that way but we saw some things that were disturbing in the Uvalde shooting uh bill bratton and ed davis from the boston police department said that it was a failure in command and that's something that you know 
that's disturbing. That's disturbing because the commanding officer on that scene in Uvalde knows that you don't treat an active shooter as a hostage situation. You go in and confront. Same thing in this instance. There's been a lot of mistakes that we could see. And again, we're not there. We're not working this. It's oh, it's it's easy to criticize from far away. You're not up close and personal. But, you know, you want to look at things and you want to make sure you don't make the same mistakes again. In this instance, it cost five lives. An innocent family murdered by this career criminal desperado. Murdered. So that's the stakes are very high. So mistakes can't be made. And when they are made, they can't be repeated. They have to be fixed. This has to be fixed. Billy, any time that I was conducting investigation in my career and I came upon a situation where there was something uh, critically done wrong by another law enforcement officer, uh, a lot of times, you know, it could be something silly, uh, uh, you know, you can correct it, maybe grab that person, tell them, or you bring it to the attention of superior officers, whatever it is. But in this particular case, we're talking about lives lost. Uh, there really is no uh, exception to something like that. Um, there could have been better uh, uh transmission of information to the media. It looks like, and this is not confirmed, that he broke into several homes. Uh, why they pulled back on their search efforts uh, when they had this information, the DNA evidence or these other homes broken into, it was clear that he was in the area. Um, I, I don't know uh, what made them come to that conclusion. A lot of speculation maybe, but uh, just uh, just not right. And again, like you said, we feel uncomfortable about being critical of other law enforcement officers. However, the facts are the facts and we see them as common sense things that should have been done to us, even though we don't, uh, we're not on the hunt for escaped prisoners every day in our investigative experiences. We do uh, enlist a lot of common sense and, and we're going to call out things as we see it. In this case, we see that mistakes Apparently were made. Same thing in Uvalde. And uh, nobody wants to criticize uh, after the fact and Monday morning quarterback. But uh, the, the facts are the facts. And we're going to call them as we see them. Absolutely. You know, folks, tonight, uh, I think duty, Ron, I don't know exactly what time he's going to cover it, but he's going to be covering this case. And I believe he's having the family on that has been so instrumental. The Timmermans, I think it was. Uh, they're going to be on the show and they're going to uh, supply him with if new information that we don't necessarily know that will uh, really educate you on this case. An inside look, to, if you see something, say something type thing. So tune in tonight to, to Duty Ron's show, and I'm sure it's probably around 8, 8 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. But just if you're a member or if you can just go on Duty Ron's A Crime Time with Duty Ron, he's going to be covering this case tonight. I just want to thank everyone for showing up today. We usually don't do a show this long at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but this was breaking and I think a story that we covered uh, pretty well uh, in, in seven previous episodes. And I wanted to just put uh, slam the door shut on this case and uh, prayers for the victims. Absolutely, Billy. I want to make one mention of something. We did the show last night with Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder at the Nassau County Police Department. He brought up so many 
very, very specific and good points that uh, can be enlisted in schools to slow the shooters down in these school shootings. That's one of the points they made. I think it's very, very important to pay attention to what he said. I hope some of the things that he talked about can be enlisted in uh, nationwide throughout all the school system. But there was one thing I wanted to mention. I, I didn't remember his name the other day when I brought him up in one of the uh, podcasts we did. Aaron Salter Jr. was retired police officer that was working in that Buffalo supermarket during that school, sh uh, that supermarket shooting up in Buffalo. Uh, you know, uh, they talk about uh, whether or not there should be armed guards at schools and all these different situations. The mindset of the shooter changes when the bullets are coming back at him. That shooter probably was going to commit suicide. However, he wound up giving up probably because the heroic efforts of Aaron Salter Jr. I apologize for not remembering his name the other day, but he was truly a hero. The fact that he lost his life uh, probably uh, saved other lives. And I just think that we need to acknowledge heroes in situations like this. Absolutely. Uh, folks, tonight, Duty Ron's show, it's been confirmed by Duty Ron, who's in the chat. It's at 9 p.m. Rocky K9, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. Thank Very you. much appreciated. Uh, he says, thanks a lot for your professional analysis. Help us to understand what went wrong from your point of view. NYPD is the best out of my observation. Thank you, Rocky thank K9. Thank you so much, Duty Ron, thank you so much uh, for the $10 super chat. Outstanding work, gentlemen. And folks, I just, you know, we mentioned the NYPD a lot because that's the police department that we work for. We believe it's the greatest police department in the world. But Guess what? The NYPD makes mistakes all the time, too. All law enforcement does. It's impossible not to make mistakes. You're human and you're going to make mistakes. But when you make a mistake, you learn from it and you don't make the same mistake the next time out. So that's about it, folks. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. And again, tune in tonight to Duty Ron's show at 9 p.m. That's Crime Time with Duty Ron. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Stay safe, everyone. One episode. Just ain't enough